Welcome to the Get More Success Show. He's a guy who never measured a man's success by the size of his wife. It's showtime. 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 And now, here is your host, Warwick Mary. Welcome back to another episode of the Get More Success Show. I'm your host, Warwick Mary. Now, today I have a man on the show who causes me great pain and suffering. That's right, it's my personal trainer and owner of Dynamic Martial Arts uh, and just a man who's done many things and I wanted to have him on to have a bit of a chat to him. So welcome to the show, Chris Malloy. Thanks, Warwick. Great to be here. So uh, as I start off with each session, I always ask the question, so I'm going to ask you now, how do you define success? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question, but um, I think for myself, it's about making somebody else's life better. So uh, if you can achieve that, whether you know, people go through mental struggles or maybe it's a physical, um, you know, physical change uh, by making their lives better, I, I find that really successful. And uh, so that's very altruistic of you because that's very much giving to other people. What about making your own life better? Like, is that something that is important to you as well? Yeah, it is. Because I think by me giving to others, um, I find a lot of um, satisfaction in that. Um, Being able to give back to others, it's very rewarding. And if you're not making someone else's life better, I think you're wasting your time. So. It's and it's great to hear that. And there are many business owners out there who'll be like, "Yeah, but that's nice." But where's the money? Like, does does money or finance come into that anywhere? Like, it's like I'm helping make other people's life better and getting paid in the process. Or are you one of those people who is, I'll make other people's life better and the money will flow? Or how, how does that sort of fit together? Yeah, well, it's interesting because I've I've just turned fifty, and um, I, I wouldn't say the um, the money side of things is. Uh, have supported me as well as what I'd hoped. Um, but there's always room for change. So it's, area, it's probably an area I need to work on. Um, however, yeah, I don't, I guess I'm driven more by being able to help others. Yeah. Uh, but saying that, I need to also look after myself and <laughs> um, you know, make sure that you know, I can stay afloat. But I think being in martial arts, it's... Um, it tends to be sort of the nature of the beast, the old school of like, you know, um, you just, you know, do it for the students and um, don't don't sort of worry too much about the finances. But I think times have changed and I like to be a bit of a, a leader in that by trying to set a, a better precedent that I should be able to, you know, look after myself as well. And it's like the oxygen mask in the plane, you know, you've got to help myself first. So yeah, yeah. I can help others. So, yeah. yeah. So talk to me about your, your, um, uh, martial arts school. How many, how many students do you have? Uh, we have about just over 500. Wow. And, and so that ranges from what, what age range you'd be talking? Yeah. From four year olds right through to, well, I think all of members about 63. Right. Uh, and we don't have, that's not one class because that would be an interesting <laughs> The 63-year-old taking the four-year-old. Yeah. Come on, I've got it for you. That's right. It's like the 63-year-old chasing a chicken, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, um, it's a, um, yeah, really age-specific program. So you know, we have our Dynamic Kids, which is our three- to five-year-old program, yeah. and that's a program designed just for them. 
Um, it's a bit like school. You don't put your grade ones in with your grade sixes. So we definitely work on their learning abilities. And um, and as adults, we have different challenges. So, yeah. Yeah. And so how long have you been running the the, the academy? Yeah, with Dynamic Martial Arts, we're coming up to 20 years now. Wow. Um, and I've been doing martial arts for about 37 years. So. Now you're, you're actually uh, looking at doing another level of certification or accreditation or you use the magic word. I'm not quite sure what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So a, a grading. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, it's interesting because as you go through the ranks as um, you know, get to black belt level, sometimes your instructors or your leaders, you know, they might not be teaching anymore and it puts you in a, position of like how do I grow and um, uh, a lot of people uh, in the martial arts they might create their own um, destination or if you like their own titles uh, I'm really against that so I've I've se- sourced out other avenues and other uh, higher rank instructors to to grade me uh, and it's, so it's been a long process so it's been about uh, 17 years since I last graded uh, it was 2001 uh, when I got my black belt. So it's it's been a long process, but I didn't want to uh, take the easy way out. So, yeah, I've signed up for a um, for my next grading, which is 100 rounds of sparring. It's quite a physical grading. Um, and, you know, you've probably seen my posts. I'm training early in the morning and I'm putting in the hard yards and I'm, I'm limping around quite often. <laughs> <laughs> so this grading that you're going for, it's black belt, Second Dan, is that correct? Yep. And how many, do you know how many people in Australia would have that, that level of grading? Uh, uh, there's the grading of Second Dan itself, there, there would be many. There'd be thousands within Australia. Right. How many have done, and this is my requirements, 100 rounds of sparring. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily somebody else who does a Second Dan. Yes. They, yep. That might not be their requirement. Um, as for how many have completed a hundred rounds, I wouldn't imagine many at all. I would probably. If it's a hundred rounds. How how long is each round? Uh, two minutes. Right. So it's like a five-hour grading. Wow. Um, and and so basically, they just get fresh fighters in all the time yeah. and just throw them at you. So for traditionally, five hours. Uh, traditionally, it's a hundred fresh men. So yeah, you, you, know, you start with one and you finish with a hundred. Um, it's not that practical to try and get a hundred people there. So I think we'll have around 15 to 20 and yeah. Yeah, those, those 15 to 20 will cycle through the, the hundred rounds. Um, wow. yeah, so it's a big day at the office. <laughs> it's like a bad Quentin Tarantino film, yeah, right. like hundreds of martial artists coming at you and you've got no wire work to spin out and flick your long dagger at them or anything. No, but it's, uh, and it's an interesting journey and it's, it's taken years, even the preparation. Like there were times where I thought I was ready yeah. and, and frustrated by life that got in the way. Yeah. But in hindsight, it's like, you know what? Well, I really wasn't ready at that yeah. point in my time, point in life. But um, yeah, now I definitely, everything's aligned and I'm um, yeah, putting in the hard yards. So I've got to ask the question, why do it? Because yeah. it's not like you, you're doing it at the end of it. It's like, now I get a pay rise and I'm going to the next level. I'd like, I get it's an internal thing that you want. So what's your why? What's driving you to go, no, nah, I want to be black belt second down? 
Yeah, no, it's a good question because I could talk myself out of it. Um, but it's not about me. It's not about my second band, Dan. Um, it's the originally the hundred man kumite or sparring uh, was designed to set apart leadership. So it's to inspire your students, um, and it's not something that I would require, require necessarily for my my own students. But I want to lead by example. Um, I want to be able to um, keep growing and advancing so that my students can can follow along. Um, so that's why it's not really, you know, it's not that I want to be a, a second Dan or a tenth Dan and, you know, it's not about the bells and whistles. It's, mm-hmm. it's just a humble journey for me. So, yeah. Mm. So let's talk a little bit about that journey because um, having got to know you over the last many years, you've had a, colourful background shall we say so um you you didn't just sort of come out of school and decide right i'm gonna you know get into martial arts you actually started as a baker yep correct so um and i it's funny i started all my careers for the wrong reasons um (laughs) i i basically uh left school and i got expelled from school and then i went to to leave (laughs) and then didn't uh, went to another school and I didn't, uh, just didn't fit in, let's say. And my mum got me a job at a, a bakery. And my, my mum, she passed away now, but a beautiful woman. And she's definitely um, my, yeah, she led with a strong hand, but uh, she looked after me well. And um, yeah, she told me that I would do this job. So I did that. And then an apprenticeship came up. And I had no interest in it. And she told me that I would do that apprenticeship. <laughs> so I did that. And um, I remember probably about two years into it, I resigned. And she told me I would go back and beg for my job back. And I did. Um, and anyway, the, so the pastry cook thing was a, um, you know, not something I was passionate about, but I really enjoyed it. And I did it for a long time. I had several bakeries and um, I, I did quite well out of that. So and but I always did martial arts as well, and then I realized that yeah, my passion for martial arts was quite strong. The business was you know, demanding seven days a week and and whatnot, so I just made a um yeah changed direction in my my business and got into the martial arts so there's there's a big difference between being a black belt instructor and being a business owner. So how do you balance that? Because there's a big, you know, a difference between looking at, okay, what instructions am I going to give this eight-year-old kid who needs to get stronger punches or whatever versus how do I do my marketing? How do I manage my finances? What fee should I be charging these people? How do I put up with the parents? Because I'm sure that's a huge part of what you have to deal with. So how do you balance that business element as well as the the skill element? Yeah, um I'd like to say it's it's obviously not easy, but it really comes back to caring. And I, I always use the care factor. If people don't you know, care what you know until they know that you care. And uh, with all my students, I um, I really do care. I like to know what you know what the parents want out of it, what the 
what they're looking for for their children, what the child wants to get out of it. Um, and that helps everything else. So I don't, we don't spend any money on marketing or advertising. It's really just word of mouth. And that comes from caring. So it, you know, in return, it looks after itself. Uh, often you see people in, in other schools and, and businesses in general, they, um, yeah, they're looking for the next quick fix and, you know, there's cage fightings and, you know, next big thing, for an example. Um, so everyone jumps on it and they buy a cage and they, they market and they spend all this money and they get an influx of people. But two years later, they're selling their cage. There's no, you know, it's a quick fix. Um, I've stuck with traditional karate for uh, all the time. I've, I've had those moments where I've, I've saw a uh, opportunity and I jumped on it. But uh, you're always reverted back to the traditions of karate and I haven't divert, you know, sort of got sidetracked too much. Um, so just keeping that one focus has really, really helped out a lot. What's been some of the biggest mistakes that you've made in business that you do differently next time? And this um, will be in your baking business as well, because I remember you were mentioning once that you expanded rather rapidly with some of your baking stuff. Yeah, may not yeah. Have so there. I think um, personally, like financially, I just need to have a better grasp on the finances of it. Um, I've been reading a book called Profit First, which is a um, yeah great book, just makes you understand you've got to basically look after yourself first. And if if the business doesn't function before you're taking your profit first, you need to have a good look at it opposed to waiting until shit hits the van and then, <laughs> and then you go into panic mode. <laughs> um, yeah. So just about educating myself on, on finances um, and you're yeah, not trying to grow too quick. We're at a position at the moment where we're looking at the next, level you know what do we do do we open another school i've got instructors at a black belt and they're running my business full time and um uh one of them is my daughter and she's very um keen to do her own thing um and i want to make sure that as we grow that i can set them up for success i don't want to just jump out open another business and then figure it out as we go i've been doing that for a while now so we should be able to set them up successfully um yeah, so don't not, not keen to jump in too early. <laughs> so how do you, you say that your your daughter is one of your instructors, and I, and I also know you've you've always had a bit of family factor involved in your business. What uh, what are the pros and cons of having family in your business? Um, because yeah. you know, let's face it, kids don't listen to their parents because you're only their parents. Like you know, I'm sure. That, that your daughter and I would I definitely would never say your wife uh, would uh, ignore any suggestions that you might make. So how do you go with managing those personal relationships when you're trying to run a business? Yeah, look, that's um, I, I haven't got an answer for that. It's, uh, <laughs> it's not just, because we're recording and they could hear this and then yeah, I will pay. Right. No, look, it's uh, just challenging. It has its moments. Uh, we've just employed a business coach, and a, a lot of that came about because. I felt like there was a lot of personal, um, not issues, but communication. People were taking it personally. And I thought I needed to address that and get a mediator, if you like, involved. Um, and the business coach had been great. So we um, 
is not something that's coming from me. It's a collective group. So we have our meetings and, and that's working really well. Um, saying that, you know, it's, uh, it built up over a couple of years until I saw that, you know, we needed to get rid of the conflict and all the tension, not really conflict, the tension. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's been a good thing. So, and yeah, we're, we're always going to have those headbutts, you know, and, um, clash occasionally. Uh, my young kids do karate as well. And you know, if they cross the line, it's great to put the gloves on at the dojo and, um, you know, accidentally hit, you know, <laughs> <laughs> All in a very <laughs> professional and legal kind of way. That's right, exactly. <laughs> how do you go, being a parent of one of the students yourself, how do you go with some of the other parents? Are some of the parents quite demanding or are they actually happy to see you, you know, use a bit of physicality to help get their kids into line or have their kids run off their ADHD or whatever it is that they do? Yeah, it's a good question because I guess, you know, we're, we can be in a bit of a nanny state sometimes um and but I, I find again it comes back to what i said before if they know that you care like really care they understand you know, i know the kids really well and uh, all my instructors do and yeah we push them individually to their own um capability and if they're not pulling their weight you know we'll we'll have a chat to them we'll we'll sort them out if they if they're out of line, you know, I'll be a bit firmer with them, um, depending on their personality and their makeup. So, yeah, it's a bit of tough love at times, and particularly the the more advanced gradings. You know, they're physically demanding. We we do push them out of their comfort zone, and for me, it's all about life lessons. You know, we try to teach them that they need to. Um, yeah, sometimes life gets tough, and you just got to suck it up and push through. You know, and yeah, um, yeah. you can't you can't have a hissy fit and take your gloves off and you, know, you, you just got to man up and or woman up. So you have a lot of kids who will start at the sort of young age. Naturally, all of those kids don't end up being your black belts. Are there certain points that you know that you're going to have a drop off? Like is it at the end of primary school, kids start going, stop going or once they get to year nine or once they start dating or once they start, you know, they're old enough to get a job or is there a natural point where people question whether they'll continue? Yeah, I think that transition from grade six to high school, uh, you know, puberty, it's, um, that that always seems to be a bit of a factor. Uh, and I respect that. You know, you've you got to go through change and try different things. And I'm very supportive of that. I'm not one of these uh, instructors or school owners where it's like, you must do karate, you know, you must get your black belt before life continues. Uh, I'm not like that. It's like I'm very encouraging for, you know, have a break and go and do cricket or football or whatever because that's important. It's an important part of life to experience different things. Um, saying that, if little Johnny comes to me and says, I'm stopping karate because I want to play the iPad, that won't cut it for me. You know, yeah. I'll be like, well, no, you'll, you'll keep going and, and the parents understand where I'm coming from until you've got another interest, you know. So I'll support interests if they're um, healthy. I won't if they're just lazy. Um, yeah. But the parents and I are generally on board with that and, and they respect that. And even financially, sometimes if the parents are communicating with me and they've got financial issues and stuff, um, you know, we'll cater for that. We're happy to help that because, and again, that's our care factor. We just want to be able to help out where we can. So Yeah. So what's next for Dynamic Martial Arts? And you and I have had conversations around 
a lot of people, once they get to black belt, sort of go, well, hey, I got my black belt. Thanks very much. I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, and you're talking about the possibility of then going to this sort of extra level. So what's next in your business plan? Friend? Yeah, well, we had a coach, uh, meeting yesterday with our business coach. Um, and that's something that he's asked me to actually to, to write down and actually physically, you know, put a lot of concentration into. Um, because at the moment I, I have all these ideas in my head and I'm grabbing at everything and he, I just need to tidy it up. Um, so, but I think in the short term, it's to create a successful model that we can duplicate. For I've got some great, great black belts there and they need the growth. We all need growth and they need the, that growth. So I, and I want to set them up for success. I don't want them to figure it out um, for himself. I want to be able to um, make sure we, we can sort all that, you know, iron out all the problems. Um, and, and that can be financially beneficial for ourselves as well. Um, and I think probably a bit more, a bit less teaching for myself um, from the younger kids perspective and more concentrating on, um, you know, leadership for the older kids, supporting the instructors. Um, yeah, so more of a mentoring role, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And um, what's your ultimate goal with the business? And, and I know this is part of what you're trying to, to look at. Is it you want to have shops or you want to have storefronts all over Melbourne? You want to have one massive, great big factory where everyone rocks up and punches each other? Or Yeah, it's, it's funny. I'm sort of trying to break the mould a little bit because, you know, you look at a lot of gyms and martial arts schools and a lot of martial arts schools are sort of in the back streets of, you know, in factories and whatnot. whatnot. And, and that's nothing wrong with that. that you know, good luck to them. Um, and then there are a lot of gyms that are massive in size. Um, I don't necessarily feel big is better because then you lose that care factor. And I want it to be, you know, it needs to be personal to get the results you're after. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to be cheap and nasty in a, a factory somewhere where it's inconvenient for parents and that. So I'm, I'm contemplating more of a boutique type studio where you know it's easily duplicated within shopping centers and and whatnot um and it's not too big uh so you you can you know cater for the the small smaller groups saying that as they um get bigger and maybe adults teenagers uh more advanced students we might then centralize them into a bigger a bigger location um concentrating more on that advanced level yeah. Yeah. How many um how many black belts have you got who work under you at the moment? Who work under me about seven, seven or eight. Um and we've got about thirty I think it's thirty six black belts in total. So yeah. um yeah, it's a, and it's a good culture. Like we've got we grade our black belts every March. Um so we've got a grading coming up at the moment. Uh so there's there's six going for their black belt this year. Um, and as a part of that, all the other black belts get involved and become a part of their training. Uh, so this weekend we did a training session and there was um, 20 of us there. So you know, 14 of the black belts jumped in to help out and support and put in the hard work, which is great for the camaraderie of the club. Yeah. Um, we're going on a cruise next week, the part of their black belt, so, which we've never done before. So there's 26 of us going on a uh, four-day cruise and they're 
training on the boat. So we're going to be training in the morning and in the evening. Um, That's going to be training. so funny with the swells at sea rocking everywhere, trying to do some kicks and things. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And uh, I, I'd like to set out a bit of a challenge where they have to swim around the boat, but we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, it sounds like that you have a whole lot of fun with what you do. And um, how important is it that you have that culture of um, work hard at what you do, but enjoy the process? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love what I do. I'm very passionate about it. And uh, I never, (laughs) to my fault, I guess, I I never really worry about the finances. I just do what I do because I love it. Um, But, yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky to be living my my passion so i can get up in the mornings and go off and do what i do Mm. um it's not hard it's yeah i love it it's good Mm. looking back at at you know your whole journey coming from baker to what you're doing now and a few little bits and bobs along the way is there anything that um any sort of secrets to your success that you wish you'd known sooner oh um no again just a finance side of things obviously you know have that in check early um mm. so if, if somebody my advice would be if someone's looking at business make sure they're really over the finances not just like you know, just can't keep pouring money into it you got to make sure that's sustainable um and just be put, put your hand up when you make a mistake i think that's a good rule and i did that yesterday i was um one of my black belt mums, um, it's actually her husband's 50th on their grading day. And that's on the 25th of March. And I promised I'd be finished the grading at six o'clock. And I got talking to her yesterday on Monday and I said, okay, so we've got the plan and we should be finished by 8 PM. And she looked at me with these evil eyes and I realized straight away, I'm like, oh, I forgot about that conversation. And I tried to fluff my way around it. And then yesterday I saw her and I said, Lisa, are you an apology? Um, I, I need to put my hand up because I just made a mistake. I did forget about our conversation that I'd be finished by, by six and I'm going to make that happen. So you just got to be accountable. If you, make, if you mess up, if you make a mistake, put your hand up, apologise and move on. Otherwise, you're just creating this, you know, a lot of tension and unnecessary stress for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Hey, Chris, thank you so much for your time today. It's been great hearing um, some of your experience. If people want to get in touch with you to find out more about your business or businesses and or even come for some training, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Um, yeah, probably our website at dynamicmartialarts.com.au. Um, we always offer a free trial so people can come down and, um, and trial it out. And um, even for um, team building or group events, you know, we can come to you and we can sort something out. So, uh, yeah, check out the website. My phone number's on there. Check out the website at uh, dynamicmartialarts.com.au. Uh, go down, get a free beating. Beautiful. Sounds good. Fantastic. Hey, Chris, thanks so much for your time today. No worries. Thank you. You've been listening to another episode of the Get More Success Show with Warwick Mary. Thanks for your company. I look forward to having you with me again next time. Thanks for listening to the Get More Success Show with Warwick Mary. Continue the conversation with other successful people over at getmoresuccess.com. That's where you'll find all the show notes as well as a link to our Facebook group that we'd love for you to join. Getmoresuccess.com is also where you'll find all the information you need to connect with me, your host, Warwick Merry. 
Thanks for listening, and until next time, enjoy your success.